When the sun rose in the morning, Cedric found that he often remembered the times when he was a knight-errant in the forested land of Albion. With the disappearance of the dew clinging to the soft tapestries of grass, images wafted to him that were brash and colorful, like the stories his grandsire had told when knighthood had been new and quests bold. Pushing himself up against the wall near his bed for support, Cedric felt a familiar backache from sleeping in his chainmail. He swung his legs over and put his feet on the cold floor with a groan and the harsh rub of creaking bones, briefly considering returning to his rest. He sat still for a moment, wondering if, in his youth, he'd ever doubted that all in knighthood was excitement and rescuing fair maids. Cedric's faith had never been shaken, though he had been challenged on many occasions. Now there was a voice in the back of his mind that wouldn't permit him to even consider the idea that knighthood was not the perfect way of life, and that chivalry was a code that would dictate his actions till death. As he arose, swaying slightly under the fresh weight of his armor, he thought that he recognized the voice as that of his long-dead, beloved father. The little chamber was near the west side of the castle, so that in the morning it was very cold, and by evening uncomfortably hot. Unfortunately, the old knight preferred it the opposite way, as he liked the sun on his face when he rose and found it was easier to sleep when it was cold. Cedric had once considered complaining about these arrangements to the lord of the castle, Penwarden, but decided to simply accept his lot without a grudge. The lord often said during the few occasions when he honored his men with his presence at dinner that he had too many knights under his aegis and that he could not afford to give them all the housing they desired. But perhaps one day, if there was time enough and money to spare, he would have quarters built within the castle's high walls. Cedric liked neither that speech nor the way that wine flowed so freely at these dinners that included no prayer before the meal and no services afterward. Rubbing the muscles underneath his mail and walking to the freestanding basin filled with water, he splashed his face and thought unhappily about the number of times the lord of the castle had made that same promise, but delivered nothing. Still, Penwarden ruled these lands, and his word was law. He must do everything in his power to deliver. And if Cedric thought poorly of the meals, he knew that he did not have to attend. Cupping his hands and drinking from the basin, the old knight frowned. He had not noticed that the water was as warm as the grass in the midday sun. Spitting out the entire mouthful, he toweled himself dry on a tattered rag that was soiled from lack of proper washing and threw the cloth back onto its peg. Something clattered to the floor behind, and Cedric spun and reached for his sword, but grasped only air since he did not sleep with his weapons strapped to his waist. His sleepy eyes had difficulty in adjusting to the gloom, and he guessed that the sound had been a rat, or perhaps some insect, that infested this end of the castle. Annoying as the vermin were, he never broached the subject to his lord, 
He had lived in worse places before settling in Penwarden. Directly over where his heart beat, the old scar along his chest itched, and he reached under the clattering links of his mail and remembered the battle where he had received that wound. His opponent had been an evil man wearing fairy armor, black as pitch. Cedric's blood flowed more quickly when he remembered the pain of the wound and the feel and scent of his own blood as it ran down his armor, pooling at the ground. His two-handed return stroke had been valiant and strong, cleaving the black knight like a tree felled in a forest. Cedric rubbed harder on the scar and spat into the basin again. The evil man's cursed armor had done nothing to save him from the might of an honorable knight.